0: Hello and uh, welcome to the delicious recipe here on uh, UPRN. It's uh, Thursday night again, and uh, I have a, a wonderful author, author uh, Tom Riley, that's coming on here. There, uh, and he's—you can see him in the background. I got uh, Hey You in the background watching the ones and twos, and. Uh, out of this part, there is that if you're watching live and w- or want to watch live, you can go onto YouTube and it's on uh, UFO Gods and Extraterrestrials. That's one of the UPRN sites, and the other one is uh, UFO Paranormal Radio. UFO Paranormal Radio. It's done twice. You can follow on uh, my uh, Facebook page, uh, Dellesi, and it's uh, the delicious recipe that's also on there. And we see uh, we have Michelle Williams there that is uh, popped in off of Facebook. And if you have a question and stuff like that, as we're going through this, and because uh, we're on Streamyard here, in and off of the other platforms, there you can write in a question, and if it shows up here, I I will uh, give you a shout, just like I did to Michelle Williams, and uh, other parts about that is uh, you can be listening live uh, audio wise on all the other platforms, iHeart, iCloud, SoundCloud, Speak, Spreaker, all the the whole bunch of them. We're everywhere that. Uh, podcasts are played, and that's through UPRN. So I would like to uh, welcome uh, Tom Riley. Hello there, Tom.
1: Hey, Dale. How are you doing? What's the crack, as we say in Ireland?
0: (laughs) Doing great. And uh, Tom's written a book, and uh, it's about uh, the protector, or aka old Ironsides, uh, Oliver Cromwell, and uh, a very influential uh, character in history that dealt with the monarchy uh he was a puritan against the roman catholic church uh, if i get that right there and uh he came from a humble beginnings a farmer that rose to power a person that almost became king i guess king in name i guess you, you would say uh but never was uh never got anything castle now we go into that uh beheading of charles the first and uh he was uh dug up afterwards and beheaded by the monarchy afterwards i guess in in spite but uh that's just the the short banter part of it there but there's more stuff to go into so tom welcome welcome
1: thank you yeah you've done very well there you've been obviously doing your homework dale because that's (laughs) lovely succinct a description of, of what who Oliver Cromwell was <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. sorry I just oh I got that one on
0: there okay so yeah let's let's uh, go with your book the protector what let's let's just sort of briefly yeah. go through that part there first about what that is and then we can explain
1: who Oliver Cromwell was sure yeah well this is my fourth attempt at, at, at a book on, on Cromwell it's my fourth book on him it's my first novel this is a novel as it happens um and it's it's an it's my attempt to uh, right a wrong to correct a miscarriage of uh, justice uh and what I consider to be a conspiracy that's something that we'll talk about in a few minutes yeah i hope um but yeah Oliver Cromwell was uh and is still um a monster in this country uh he is uh you know if you say the word hitler it's the same as saying the word cromwell He's uh, well-known to be a genocidal maniac, um, to have slaughtered um, innocent men, women, and children. In Ireland, um, civilians, much like Putin is doing today, uh, at least these are the allegations that have been leveled against Oliver Cromwell. He existed in the 1600s. Uh, he came to prominence, as you correctly say, he came out of nowhere. Um, the, there was a very complicated political and military situation in, in England around then. Um, he was a gentleman farmer up to the age of 43, hadn't done anything significant whatsoever. And then when the King, who was Charles I, fell out with his parliament, um, Cromwell found himself as a parliamentarian officer in opposition to the King. He was uh, a gifted general, as it turns out. He had no previous experience whatsoever of military engagement. Um, But every battle that he went into, he seemed to win. Uh, And even if there was a draw, he he was taking credit anyway. Um, And uh, he was convinced that God was on his side, uh, as was the king, of course. Um, But God seemed to be uh, inexorably on Cromwell's side. So every battle he won, uh, and it all sort of uh, culminated when the king was captured. He was... um, uh, put on trial for um, treason against his own uh, countrymen and um, while Cromwell wasn't the um, the most prominent instigator of this the king lost his head they chopped his head off in 1649 and then um, they ruled uh, with parliament uh, of which he was only a, a really minor member uh, and then they had to focus on Ireland uh, I was reading the other day, actually, that, um, you know, I mean, Ireland, we're, we're, the geography is we're very close to England, we're their nearest neighbours, and uh, in the United Nations, I think there are something like 192 countries, and uh, England or Great Britain have invaded 170 of them, so just <laughs> to give you an idea of, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. that's, that's the, the legacy. So we yeah. were very high up on the list, um, and, you know, we we had been taken over, by them from 1169 actually. Uh, So they had been in occupation in Ireland for a long time. So when this um, parliamentarian army decided to fight against the king, it's a civil war. And the expression that we use here all the time is, um, this is England's difficulty and it's Ireland's opportunity. So we try and rebel during that time just to give them something else to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so he, as as the winner of the war against the king, they now had to focus on Ireland. So um, Cromwell came to Ireland in 1649. Uh, he spent nine months here and he was the first English commander who actually succeeded in taking the whole country up to that um, okay. point. There were pockets of Ireland taken by the English. Um, you know the expression beyond the pale? Yeah, yeah. Well, that comes from the Pale in Ireland. Believe it or not, where the English settlement was, and beyond the Pale was where the Irish were. So that's um, that's where actually that comes from. We, we we live in the Pale. I'm actually sitting right now in part of the Pale.
0: <laughs> that so, is it. been explain, explain to people out there is that uh, I'm here in Canada and Tom is in uh, Ireland. So <laughs> we're we're doing this across the pond. That's another exactly. word for the for that. Now absolutely. I, mm. now, a part about this is that uh, for Cromwell uh, I just uh, if maybe I the part that I'm looking at and you you you're, you're, you're going to go and correct me on this if this is right. He <laughs> was he he was he was fighting against uh, taxation, the the monarchy bringing Roman Catholics into the, into uh, I guess the Scotland, Ireland and that and basically changing the people and that's where the I guess the the revolt sort of was coming back from that it wasn't like with the taxation in this uh, we'll explain the rump a little bit later of what that is but, yeah uh, sure yeah but,
1: i'm i'm actually not going to correct you Dell, because you're absolutely bang on that's exactly what it was right um, it, if, sorry go ahead
0: and and the other part that i find this very interesting is that uh, people always associate leprechauns from uh, ireland and stuff like that but it, Stuff that I've been reading about in history and really subversive h- history, and that is that that was part of the British monarchy to belittle the Irish people, even though they were tall, red, tall and big and strong. They would call them that they were short, stocky little uh, little people, and uh, yeah. that was uh, So that that the that news went out there, and everybody would think, okay, well, leprechauns—that's Irish people, very weak, small,
1: yeah. and drinkers. Yeah. <laughs> for hundreds of years you know yeah no absolutely no that's where we get the inferiority complex and it's 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 not um you know easy uh yeah. living next door to such a country who wants to dominate the world they used right. to say that the sun never set on the british empire because they always had you know, occupancy in some part of the world where the sun was actually shining you know mm. um so but you're absolutely right yeah those are the things he 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 believed he he was very much against injustices so when charles the first took over in 1625 Cromwell was only 26 at that stage um mm-hmm. but charles was a bit of a tyrant Um he imposed unfair taxes and when people wouldn't pay he had their faces branded or their ears cut off um, oh wow yeah there were lots of people in prison because you know he invented taxes uh, he was at war with different countries and he wanted to um you know, uh, he was always trying to generate finance. Uh, it was parliament would be called at his behest and they weren't there all the time. Cromwell became an MP and there was an 11 year period where he never even called parliament at all. And then when he needed money, he, he called parliament. Um, and of course, when he married a Catholic um, queen, if you like, she was a Queen Henrietta Maria of France. Um, in Ireland these days, it's very difficult to look back at this period and judge it with 21st century eyes because right. Catholicism means so many different things today.
0: Oh, um, for sure.
1: Yeah, if, if you consider so Cromwell's getting a, an education um, in the middle, middle of the 17th century, so what he hears, and it's absolutely the case, is that throughout history, popes who represent catholicism christianity gave orders to their underlings to go out and massacre mm-hmm. men, men women and children in the crusades in in the cathars in france who who wouldn't conform to christianity it wasn't a case if they wanted to try and convince them and convert them they killed them yeah and this is what cromwell would have been you know would have learned at school so to him, he, his religion was very different. He was, he became what's known as a Puritan. So that's mm-hmm. a pure, you know, your relationship with God directly was what he believed was significant. Right. Catholics had um, priests, bishops, archbishops, cardinals, a pope. So there's a hierarchy to get up there. And, you know, as far as he was concerned to, to God, up, uh, you know, this is yeah. a man-made, organized religion and really nothing to do uh, with with the reality. And he firmly believed that, um, and it was the case that Catholicism in those days was a, a, a political movement, essentially, a very nasty one. So it's very difficult. I mean, Ireland is, is for, has been for a long time primarily Catholic. Mm. Um, and I, I was born a Catholic. I'm no longer one. Um, but, you know, so it's, it's difficult to get across that point where it was a cesspit of depravity back in right. the day. Well, um, well I,
0: I, Ireland is, is is split, right? There is sort of like a north and south,
1: or like you got the IRA
0: at one part, and then you have the, other, I guess, whatever the south, I'm not sure it's east or west, I'm not sure if you can explain that, whatever, but yeah, know, very, yeah. very, very, very split. And, and the thing that's funny is that you guys occupy the, all the same island there, right? You got Scotland, Ireland, Wales, uh, you got britain that's there i, I think yeah oh.
1: well we're not we're not all on the same island <laughs> uh, okay just, yeah that's okay so so you've got ireland uh, which is just the north and the south uh, we're yeah. the Re- republic of ireland yeah. and then there's the north of ireland which is in the uk okay we're not in the uk and there are lots of men who fought for our freedom and eventually we did become free of england and we have our own government and we're not um, in any way involved with england now um, other than just watching the show because it's always fun looking <laughs> <laughs> mm. at what happens there um, so yeah, we're we're, we're, we're very different um, but that's, you know that came from a, a, a rising that actually did succeed, so when, when Cromwell was, um, if you like he came to some sort of power after they won the English Civil, and there were a few civil wars at that stage, you know there was one where when the king was captured they tried to negotiate with him and he just wouldn't negotiate and instead of negotiating he decided to instigate a second civil war so that was a thing uh and that was that was horrible um, as far as Cromwell was concerned because too many people were dying you know fathers was fighting against sons brothers were Mm -hmm. fighting against brothers you know um so so when they came to Ireland anyway this is the kernel of the of the of the issue as far as I'm concerned um they uh, invested uh, sieges in, t- in various towns. And the town mm-hmm. that I currently inhabit, it's called Drogheda. Um, uh, he's alleged to have uh, wiped out the entire population or at least um, 3,000 uh, civilians. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that didn't happen. Uh, and this is where uh, the conspiracy comes in, if you like, in this whole complicated story. Okay. Um, so... Uh, And my contention is that he kept civilians out of the military engagement, Um, but he did uh, absolutely take over the country. Uh, And I would also just throw in that, you know, in in those days, that's just what they did. Um, I don't, it's too far back for me to judge because it's like a different planet. Yeah. the, The religious, economic, political situation completely different to anything that we would recognize today you know mm-hmm. people in those days they wouldn't even put on their shoes because they thought they were inhabited by evil spirits yeah oh exactly yeah that that, that, that that'll go into the, ne- the next part about this but uh
0: <laughs> the, the part part about this is that this is what uh maybe if i if i'm looking at this uh, properly is that and i because i see this in workplaces and stuff like that all the time is that people that come from the 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 beginning or the lowest point and rise to power they understand everything but people that are uh uh monarchy or aristocracy and stuff like that that have never ever known the lowest part there their their mindset does not compute i guess you can use the word that yeah. uh, they understand anything and so do you think that's where uh Oliver Cromwell, uh, the Protector. He, that's he was what he was uh, con- considered. What the
1: the Lord Protector. Uh, yeah, the, I, I think that's very insightful what you've just said. Actually, it's it's very key, and it's not something that I would have necessarily um, have. It's only when you pointed out. I think that's absolutely the case because he came from. He was a man's man. He, his his um, you know his man management in 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 the wars was just that, it was, I'm with you guys. I know I've come from the same place as you have. I understand your problems. I know your issues. Whereas the king is, you know, coddled in a bubble where he has (laughs) no idea what the real person on the street feels, thinks, you know, cares about. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's a lot of the reason why Cromwell was so successful. Mm -hmm. He was obviously very lucky as well um so just to maybe i know we're we're going down different directions just to finish off on in his life so what happens is he subjugates ireland he wins the battle here the first commander ever to do so then he goes to scotland he takes the the scots as well because you see they they, it was a very precarious time they had never gotten rid of the king before so this is the first time in, in the history of england know when they started having monarchs that the king was suddenly or a queen there was no king or queen there was a parliament in in place and that's effectively a republic so um but Gromwell didn't necessarily you know want and and nor did he ever show any evidence that he wanted to be the the top man or the, or the, the job as head of state but because people who were more qualified actually died in the war. Um, and he just found himself because he had such a wonderful relationship with the army. The army was where the power was. Right. Um, so he, how he was conflicted and, and he found himself. Um, so, so in, when he came to Ireland, that was 1649, They chopped off the head King's head in 1649 and 1653, um, he was invested as, as Lord protector. Mm-hmm. Albeit, in my opinion, reluctantly, um, he he overachieved, but he he was kind of stepping in, uh, as he said, you know, on a temporary basis until they could find a permanent solution. Right. Uh, but he ruled with the parliament, mm-hmm. and he uh, his parliaments. He never actually he never actually agreed with them. Um, but one of the things that 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 happened, um, and and just before that, and because because you've mentioned the rump. Yeah. So before he became Lord Protector, um, the Parliament that he had been fighting for in all these wars—the Civil War, the Irish Wars, the Scottish Wars—um—they became um a law unto themselves. Then they figured, okay, we're impervious here; we can do what we like. And of course, you know, power corrupts. Right. So they got very co- corrupted. And Cromwell sees this and, you know, he why did I fight for these guys? You know, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be doing what they're doing. So um, one evening when uh, he had left Parliament and there was a bill that was on the table to be passed, and effectively it would mean that Parliament would continue, um, you know, ad infinitum, Uh, but Cromwell was very much against this. And they said, no, they won't pass it. They discussed it again the following day. And, and, and he hoped that it would happen. He, by the time he got home, he got wind of the fact that they were about to uh, pass this bill. Mm-hmm. So um, he runs out of the house, uh, no shoes. He's in his socks and uh, he tears down to, Parliament, to the Parliament building. Now, before he did that, he called up some soldiers and um, he ran into Parliament and he lost the head and he called them all whore masters and drunkards and said, you <laughs> you are no parliament you know so um he he and and he dismissed them because he called in his soldiers and they couldn't argue so now we're in a very strange situation cromwell with no power dismissed parliament and this was what's called the rump okay. because they they were the bit that was left of the parliament that he had that had existed all that time and um, you know there were so many of them left so it's the rump and uh, he found himself, you know, having to decide on the future of the country because he was, uh, while he wasn't given, you know, official power, right? Uh, so I've gone on too long, but anyway, he. he oh no, um, no,
0: yeah, th- th- that's this, this is perfect there because this this is sort of explains a lot more stuff that isn't in, in the in the part there. Basically, hmm. like, like I just see out of uh, out of this, it's that you got to think he was the guy that was fighting for the little man, and then he became the big man to go and to slay the more dragons that became, that he was protecting, that became more dragons on top of that, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and this is, you know, when he's when he's there, he's also conflicted by the fact that suddenly, you know, when he was made Lord Protector, he had to make sure that the army were okay with this because, you know, the army had gotten rid of a king and now he's he didn't want to become a king. They wanted to make him king. But he thought, well, why, you know, when we got rid of one king, I, I don't want to take this this position as a king because the army would have been very, very disappointed, <laughs> Right. Put it, put it, you know, mildly. And mm-hmm. um, so in short, uh, this was 1653. Uh, he, you know, decided to rule with with a parliament. The, the, the first parliament didn't work. The second parliament didn't work. <laughs> and um eventually uh you know he could never agree with them there was so much bickering they always took sides you know there's factions within factions and yeah um, so but he still managed to um you know run the country uh for uh, five years and in 1658 um he died he died of malaria uh, oh really um, okay yeah and, is, uh, and, and stones there, there's uh, ambiguous references to stones I, I suspect they' kidney stones um is is what happened and um, I've got a great story by the way can I keep going is this okay sure. yeah keep on going yes.
0: we, we got time there the thing, thing is that uh, that like I mentioned at the beginning there is uh, about how at, after he died that he was dug up and uh, beheaded and and yeah. uh, because they they just didn't like what he was doing, but like like I said, he was like the 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 uh, the David to the Goliath, I guess, in a way. But then also, then he's characterized that he was also an evil man that he went and slaughtered people too, as well.
1: So and just wiped yeah. things out. Well, that's that that's my point. I suppose the point of the protector, to be honest, is the fact that he didn't do that at all. I realize it's a novel, but um, yeah, my uh, and this is what I hope will 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 percolate into the world and maybe in 50 or 100 years time people will mm. appreciate that he didn't do these things and that oh, you know interpretations uh, of him in the future will take away this this um notion that he killed people uh civilians right. because because he didn't and there's no evidence and I've, I've 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 you know substantiated that but just before we you know yeah. so uh, when when he his life was so interesting it's completely rags to riches because he's ended up living in palaces that the king the king would have lived in uh he's only he's the only commoner ever to have ruled england uh, as as head of state nobody else has done it had done it before nobody else did it since Mm -hmm. and and he came from you know a farmer to do this anyway when he died um he he nominated his son as his successor but his son was a disaster his yeah. name is Richard Cromwell. Yeah. Um. He only lasted about six or eight months. Uh, they called him Tumble Down Dick in the end because he t- <laughs> tumbled down. <laughs> uh, uh, so um. And uh, eventually, of course, Parliament was still there. Cromwell was dead. His son was no use. and mm-hmm. um, So they decided to um engage with the king's son. So this is the king who they had chopped the head off, and they negotiated an arrangement where. Charles II would now take the throne, uh, but with with reduced powers, and those reduced powers, to some degree, are more or less what um, the UK are, is now. The model is the same. So you know, Parliament run the UK, and the Queen is the head of state. So it all comes from that that time. Right. So when um, the the king came back, of course, he wanted revenge on the people who had chopped his father's head off and uh they they were they're called regicides or the ones okay. who, who had done that signed the king's death warrant so he yeah they were all chased down all over the world and that, in fact lots of them made it to the new world uh, some of them were, were chased all across america there's a fantastic book that that explains how they came you know they're, the king's men are chasing There should be a movie made about this chasing these regicides around america and uh, they eventually escape um but anyway the cromwell was a primary major uh, regicide because he took the the throne but he's dead so what right. did they do <laughs> for revenge they um they dig up his body uh it was buried in Westminster Abbey uh in you know all pomp and ceremony very very expensive uh, funeral yeah. uh they hang him posthumously uh they quarter him uh, where well, they hang drawn quarters so he's drawn on a on a on a, on a gibbet behind a, a cart right. um and they take his head off now this is where it gets very interesting i love this story so um his head uh, is then uh, erected on a railing uh, outside westminster hall in london okay it, it's stuck on a pike and the pike comes up through the top of the head and it stays there for 20 years Delp. No fact, way. He, yeah. serious. Uh, yeah. In fact, Charles II has already gone from the throne by the time the head comes down. But the head comes down when a storm hits London. You know, it's a very strong storm, and the head comes down, and there's a soldier right. who's um, uh, doing some uh, duty uh, below. He's looking yeah. after uh, an office. He sees the head, and everybody knows this head. I mean, they've, they've all, you know, the whole, London isn't such a big place in those days, so they know right. that this is Cromwell's head. He puts the head in his cloak, he brings it home and he panics then thinking, oh God, what did I just do? I've just taken Cromwell's head and people are going to ask questions. So he kind of hides the head and he keeps it for as long as he's alive and he doesn't tell anybody because he's now, because they actually put a big, they send a big reward out. Where's Cromwell's head? What are we going to do? And anyway, uh, he bequeaths the the head to his daughter on his deathbed. But his daughter (laughs) has no issues at all. She just sells the head (laughs) 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 to the nearest, to to the highest bidder, you know. So um, then this guy is uh, a bit of a charlatan and he takes the head and, you know, hands it around at at dinner uh, for for his guests. And, you know, they pick off a bit of an ear, you know, a bit of his nose. Um, Yeah. So so, and then it goes into a circus. And this is Cromwell's head. And this is years of passing here. And then it goes into a museum and, uh, by eventually, and this is after hundreds of years, it comes to a family, um, by the name of Wilkinson and they get a, a test done on it uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that it is his head. And, and it, it's work cause he had warts and his body shape. And in those days, right. right, Applied scientific methods to confirm that this was Cromwell's head. Yeah, It was, and this is the kicker, um, Cromwell's head was buried in March 1960 in the college where he went to in, in Cambridge called Sydney Sussex. And yeah. uh, I was born in March
0: 1960. Oh, geez.
1: So you, are you the re-envision, the, the
0: re-part uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the re of... Uh oliver cromwell you can take from from that what you will (laughs) no no, no. no, it's sort of interesting about that what you just said there is about how they had a his head on a pike because it wasn't the whole thing about that london bridge is that that's what royalty would do to anybody who was there they would go and hang their uh the people that were dissidents against the monarchy they would just sort of post their heads on the bridge so that all the the lower commoners would be like hey if you don't go and uh, do what we want to do, this is what's going to
1: happen to you, right up here. Absolutely, yeah. There there's. It was the thing. It was the dumb thing in those days. People were beheaded. I mean, it's a horrendous, um, you know, concept to think of. And and we've had, you know, in recent modern times, we've had awful things happen as well. Mm-hmm. But in 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 the in you know the country that I live in and I know this is going to sound really strange and I'm just digressing slightly, but right now of where I live, um, there is a, a church uh, that actually displays the head of a saint. Well, he's made a saint now, but he was a priest who was beheaded. He was hung, drawn and quartered. Right. Uh, and he's, in, and it's a huge tourist attraction. People mm-hmm. know that, that when they come to my town, which is called Drada. Uh, they see, they go and see the head of um, Saint Oliver Plunkett. So it's it's an wow. eerie thing to see, but he's you know, and it's it's very well preserved. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So and it's the that,
0: kind of thing that, sorry. I, I was going to say no, that 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 that's just it's sort of really morbid, but it's a sort of really fascinating that uh, people hang on, people hang on to historical artifacts. There's so much there, and a part there too is that the the part right, I I remember seeing. Uh, uh videos and stuff not well not videos but uh reading stories in that of how mm. the english monarchy would go in punish and the military british military would punish people they hook up uh, ropes to the arms and legs and the head of people and have horses just go in different directions yeah. And, yeah. and just they says it wasn't bad enough that that you can just Stick a knife in the person's heart and just kill him. No, we have to I have know. him alive so that he feels pain. And that, that goes back to that whole Monty. Oh no, was it uh, Mel Brooks, The Inquisition? I think yeah. it's in History of the World Part One. There, where they're all yeah. dancing around, just torturing people. They, they. they what off the was it was the murky de sad and stuff
1: i'm going off topic we went no off but it's, topic. i get it i totally get it that's exactly yeah. It was a very bloodthirsty time and they did really yeah. horrendous things you know and, and and while people were still alive uh, as they were killing them they they you know they would cut people's genitals off and stick them in their mouths and they yeah. would you know slice them open and make them yeah. drink a lot of wine and then just slit the belly open i mean there were horrendous things they used to do yeah. And yeah. even
0: it, there was a one that I was just uh, watched in there the other day with uh, people that uh, they considered uh, uh, that would talk in the town squares. And uh, geez, I can't remember the guy's name there right now, but what they did was they hung him up on the cross and they took his tongue, nailed it to a piece Jeez. so that he couldn't talk, cut off his tongue, then poured uh, the blood in the wine back down his throat and then hung him upside down. And like, Going, what, what are you guys doing? Like, they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is like, uh, you, you yeah. <laughs> then, you, then you look at today with people with uh, with uh, bombings and shootings and stuff like that. It says that's actually a little bit uh, not saying that's just better, no, that's an saying- easier way to go, absolutely, <laughs> right? instead yeah. yeah. sort of uh. Uh, yeah, torturing a person for hours and hours and hours and hours and days and days. Yeah,
1: they they were barbaric times. I mean, even when 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 Cromwell was here and the 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 officers that they killed, uh, they they took the heads and they brought the heads to the, the capital, Dublin, and they put the heads on railings there and said, "This is what happens to dissenters." You know, people right, who, right. Who take the side of the king. You know, uh-huh. I mean, it was a very capricious time. It was very um, you know there's so many things that depended on what side you took and if God help you, if you took the wrong side, you know. I yeah. mean, after Cromwell left, we have an expression here, there's a part of Ireland called Connacht, uh, we're broken okay. into four areas, essentially, and, um, it, you know, the, the expression that, that emanated from the time was you went to hell or to Connacht because it was where the land was bad and that's where Cromwell sent you or you okay. died, you know, so... Mm-hmm. That were your and, choices.
0: And you got to figure that in—in in cahoots, or uh, I guess you could say, in cahoots with the—the uh, the monarchy, the British monarchy—is the Roman Catholic Church. And they—they they were just as big as thieves as the monarchy was with taxation. Like they—they were, they were asking for stuff there too as well. And they were sending out their priests doing God knows what uh, mm-hmm. around the world and following along the, the British uh, the. Was that the, the sil- Silk Road, the, the Tea Road, the Spice Road? Because the monarchy was stretching out all over the place to go and gain yeah. land, right? And the, the Roman Catholic Church was doing the exact same thing and they had the protection of the monarchy.
1: Well, for, for a while they did. Absolutely they did. And that's, that's you know, up until when Henry VIII came onto the throne and, and he decided to break all ties with Catholicism, um, in, in, in those days. And, and, um, that's when, you know, things get complicated because now suddenly, and of course, you know, Protestantism, which is the other main religion in this part of the world, you know, sort of only emanated from the 16th century. So, Mm -hmm. and then you've got Christianity, which kind of has covers both. Um, but look, it's, it's all the same God, you know? Uh, uh, And in those days, um, it was such a huge, aspect of life like i said before i mean you know they 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 simply and absolutely completely believed and that god was driving all their actions you know and then that's that was what what, how Cromwell, you know firmly believed he was on the right path because Mm -hmm. you know god was was you know sending him he wasn't it didn't seem to be ambitious to me um but with every move he made it seemed to have the blessing. Of, of the the you know a higher power
0: um, right he wanted basic, basically he wanted justice for the little man right you would say
1: that yeah yeah no i absolutely would yeah i would say in fact that's what he he espoused on on a regular basis uh, he would also say which was i think quite laudable really he would say that he wouldn't meddle with any man's conscience in other words you know he didn't really want to pay much uh, too much attention to what people believed if they want to believe something that's fine Um, But, you know, where we had what's, this is a strange name, but we had what's called the penal laws back in the day. And Mm -hmm. that was basically, uh, you know, mass could not be said in Ireland because of of Catholicism and what it represented. And again, it represented what Cromwell believed was a political entity. But he didn't really mind what um, the ordinary person thought if the, the ordinary person wanted to, you know, um, you know, think about uh, God and have his own mass in his head or whatever way it would work right you know, right Once it wasn't public, you know he, he didn't really and he, and he was he was uh, he had a significant policy of toleration towards um, religious um sects in 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 general. you know he mm-hmm. he readmitted the Jews uh, back into England and they had been banned from I think something like 1293 or something. Now that was also for commercial reasons because they were um, very clever businessmen um mm-hmm. but you know he also believed that the second coming would would happen if he readmitted the Jews um mm-hmm. so he, he his policy of religious toleration he's, it's hard to argue with them but I have to tell you there, there are there are you know the Irish diaspora uh, around right. the world um there's about 80 million people that's eight zero 80 million people who right. cl- claim uh, Irish heritage or Irish an- Irish ancestry and if you mention if they're familiar with the name cromwell trust me they don't say the things i say
0: <laughs> <laughs> well okay this this goes into a part there because this is the delicious recipe we throw a lot of things in the pot and we see how it goes at the end and see how it tastes the thing is so is that from ireland though too uh that whole area leprechauns fairies and stuff like that what was the whole thought about that because that is a very big part of uh where the lore comes from, and then you have the church coming in and says, no, it's Jesus and God, and they're going about, no, this is old world stuff, old magic and that. How, how does that sort of fit into his sort of narrative? Did he dismiss all that stuff?
1: Um, well, to to a degree, um, there, there's a fantastic story that um, comes from that time, and I'm always a great believer in the, the the you know the the older the reference, the more likely it is to have some semblance of of, of truth or fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, the last battles of the Civil War, um, where the Battle of Worcester, which was in 1651. Um, Cromwell is documented uh, as going into, they were on the battlefield and he he met an old man um, in the adjacent woods and he went in with his colonel Colonel Lindsay was the guy's name and he wrote down what happened and the old man um, said to Cromwell, um, look I've got powers here Uh, I see things and um, if you want to win this battle um, you've got to. Give me. I, I'm only going to give you seven more years of life. Uh, oh. So Cromwell's, yeah. So he's you know he's young enough at that stage. He's fifty two, right? Uh, and Cromwell says no. I, you know, I, I want twenty one because that was a fair age to live to in those days. Um. And uh, your man said no. You're going to get seven. And Cromwell pleaded for fourteen. And the guy was absolutely adamant. He said, "You're going to get seven years, uh, and that's it." So. Cromwell, because he wanted the battle, he wanted to win, he said, yeah. turned around He said, okay, Lindsay, the battle is now ours. I'll agree to seven. So seven years later oh. uh, when they won the battle and, and he, he became, so he died in 1658. There's this big, huge storm uh, the a couple of nights before he dies. Um, massive. It's the biggest storm that has ever hit England. You know, roofs were lifted off houses. Trees were blown down like saplings. You know, the, the rivers were, were flooded and it was horrendous. So people suggested that, that that was the devil coming for Cromwell's soul. So, you know, when he died a couple of days later, um, there was never the same kind of s- storm. Um, so there, there are lots of, you know, um, stories associated with, with, with him, and that's a significant one, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not, like, there's nothing really documented. His, his main thing, he did have visions when he was younger. Um, he had visions um, that... Uh, looked into the future. One mm-hmm. of them uh, alleges uh, that he saw himself as uh, the most powerful man in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's his his ghost is certainly around if you want to go down that road. Yeah, well, we got some time here. This is this, this is the part
0: it says, you know what, and I, I'm
1: gonna say that we only got like about
0: uh 10 12 minutes left there, and sure. we're gonna do a, We're gonna do a part two on this because this goes into the more paranormal stuff that goes into. The, the very interesting stuff because Ireland is filled with paranormal yeah. activity uh or stories and lore and the part is is that uh see it originally it says I thought that you were living in the castle of Cromwell and uh you had the ghost there and which which is fine to be but but this is I let, let's uh with the time we have left here because we'll see that other part for the next time but hmm. let's go into the part about your book because I really want people to buy your book and read the stories there because I just started reading it there. It was sent to me by Gavin there. So uh, Hmm. uh, let's go into the book and tell tell people out there what your
1: book is about. Sure. uh, Firstly, I want to say thank you for the opportunity. The second thing I want to say is um, I I do inhabit a castle for most of the week. And it is haunted. (laughs) Uh, And we've got uh, had uh, paranormal investigations uh, done and things have been recorded. And we have um, significant uh, individuals who lived through the centuries uh, who um, you know have been seen and uh, witnessed by many. Um, yeah, thank you but the book is um you know what it is is essentially it's a message from me. it's a novel. it's Cromwell's life in tabloid form. in other words it's it's it's, it's, it's I call it all killer no filler. it's mm-hmm. when he was Born to when he dies and every event that happens and it's incredible really he's, he's mm-hmm. led the most uh, unbelievably interesting life um, you know and he's not really that well known in, in in your part of the world I don't suspect right yeah uh, um, but it's it's crying out to be made as a, as a movie mm-hmm. uh, you know because he's he's called the protector and in the end um, as as he protects uh, his countries. But yeah, it's it's um, like I I, I'm trying to get a message across that he was an honourable guy, basically. That Mm. he's 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 much maligned over here. If you fully understood, um, you know what I'm trying to say, because you know as I said, my my message is not really uh, popular, um, but it's based on absolutely. Why why would
0: you why, why would you say it's not popular? Because other people in Ireland think that he was a villain. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, why, Kamigar, why, why, yeah. why would
0: they say that? Because they've that, been conditioned. Right. And then that, that, this goes into a part that I've been talking about in my whole show about uh, uh, teaching in schools, propaganda to kids, and then they end up, uh, grow up, and then they oh, end up, uh, that, that's the
1: only way that they think. Right? Oh, oh, man. That, that's exactly what you You just put your finger on. That's exactly. I picked up a book uh, you know, about two weeks ago, and it's a school book that's on the school curriculum currently, and it's been taught to 12 to 15-year-olds, and it says that Cromwell came to my town, Drogheda and killed three and a half thousand civilians. And he went to another town called Wexford and he killed 4,000 civilians. Now there's not a shred of uh, evidence that would substantiate any of that. And no historian worth their salt would, would um, justify it or stand over it. But that's what children today are being taught. So, and I just want to make a a very significant point. You mentioned earlier on about the North of Ireland, the South of Ireland. Yeah, Like we, we have had atrocities in the North and the IRA, have been responsible for lots of those atrocities in, in the same way that loyalists have been, mm. but, um, but the, um, the, you know, J- Cromwell has been used as justification for atrocities because it's believed that he kills civilians here. And what that does is it fosters anti-English sentiment. And, you mm. know, we're, it's 2022, you know, yeah. we, we, we shouldn't be teaching children, propaganda that originates from the 17th century and you're absolutely right Dan. that's what what fires me up you know
0: yeah well that that, that comes into the whole part there that's why uh uh when when you look at uh how the the kids of today are sort of growing up there the, and they're being told and this is what I guess the fight that's going on in north america there too about uh about education and uh everybody's a winner there everybody gets a trophy nobody uh nobody mm. gets uh, first place and this is a really a, a really really strange time because then that just teaches people that I just have to show up to get something. Yeah, I don't have to excel. It's very right? good. Yeah. And then you then you look at the other part about history. It says, well, then these kids uh, read the history books that are there that are not actually accurate, and they believe what the history is. That's why I think it's so important to have people on that uh, go and research this stuff and go and tell what the real story is because. Today, history is being manipulated and lost or being subverted and and blocked out. And it's I think it's that's a a detriment to uh, the progression of uh, of, of humanity. And And, and,
1: uh, yeah. And and one of the main aspects of that is, you know, I mean, we're all patriotic. We're all nationalistic. At least I certainly am about my country and mm -hmm. I presume you are about yours. But, and, and what we do over here is we we don't just record our history excuse me <coughs> we are inspired by our history right. so it's these kind of things and you, you need to be inspired by the right kind of stuff mm-hmm. not by by stories that are made up um you know just to inflame irish hearts or hearts anywhere mm. so you know beg your pardon <coughs> so that's my um that's my take on this and, I, and i've got the evidence to back it mm-hmm. all up
0: I, I, I always find this sort of interesting. I,
1: I always thought about with the with the
0: the separation between the two parts of Ireland. It reminds me of the story here, or the the tale in uh, uh, the USA of the Hatfields and the McCoys. And because there was a sort of a disagreement, and they they all the kids and all the all the things on the Hatfields and that they hate the other p- people there unconditionally, but they don't know why until the two. Uh, a boy and a girl from each side there. They find and they fall in love, and now
1: they're causing the
0: togetherness to come together and to bring the yeah. families together. And I guess we were just waiting for that in Ireland. I guess, eh?
1: Absolutely, and that's you know this it, again. It's we're we're living in 2022, and there are some traditions that die very hard, you know. And and mm. we do have um, the the divide is still very very clear. It's very right. obvious, you know. There's there's no war anymore. Mm-hmm. There are agreements. There's what's known as the Good Friday Agreement. And um, but you know when when you look at uh, and maybe this is a conversation for another day as well. When you look at you know the 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 governments that are sort of um, you know the custodians of this particular agreement. I don't know if what you know about English politics at the moment, but you know there there are aspects of the Good Friday Agreement that are in jeopardy currently because you know um, Britain are are kind of isolating themselves in Europe and they've they've had this Brexit thing where they're out of uh, out yep. of Europe. Yeah. So, um and, and you know, there there's the Northern Ireland Protocol that protects business businesses in the north, and that's under threat now. So, you know, all these things are very real and and, and divides, you know, this is a time for, you know, reconciliation and peace and building bridges, you know, mm. in my opinion. It's not it's not a time for for you know acrimony and and, and difficulty, but I'm only a small pawn in a very big wheel. Yes, well, we got a few minutes left
0: there. Uh, mm. I want to thank you, Tom, for being on, and I will have you back on again because there's the we have to go into the paranormal stuff there a little bit. Absolutely, more. and um,
1: yeah, and my then, fault, oh, my fault that we didn't do that. I'm oh, sorry. that's
0: not not your fault. No, I, I I go off on different tangents. That's what's just fun about this. We just like just have a good time, free flow. So uh, tell tell people where they can find your book or your sure. books, all your because
1: you have several. This is your fourth book. Yeah, and,
0: uh, where, where they can uh, check you out and uh, follow any of uh, your any stuff.
1: Yeah, sure. OK, well, the, the the book that's currently out is called The Protector, The Fall and Rise of Oliver Cromwell. So it's not the rise and fall, it's the fall and rise. And that's interesting. alone. you need to buy the book to understand what I'm talking about there. Right, right. You, you get that book on johnhuntpublishing.com. Uh, it's printed, uh, it's published under an imprint of, of Top Hat um, Publications. Um, other books are called Cromwell was framed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another one was called Cromwell, an honorable enemy. So, um, yeah, so, you know, all, all of those I'm on Facebook. Um, I don't have a website yet cause I haven't really just, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy um dealing with all the ghosts in the castle currently to, to, to see that, that that'll be
0: that'll be our next show we'll talk about <laughs> the ghosts in the castle that's that's where we yeah. this this is where how i originally was going to go but this oliver cromwell stuff was so interesting fascinating fascinating and, yeah. and, it, and it's a part of history and i think a lot of people don't understand
1: and or don't care or don't or didn't know Right. Well, interestingly, I, I know we're, we're just I just keep an eye on me and stop me if I'm talking t- t- talking too much. But he was actually going to leave. The thing got, got things got so bad in, in England. He was going to leave and go to America. That's one of the things that he was going to do. And he was practically packed up. There's a there's a movie that's made and it's called Cromwell. And at the beginning, he's just he's explaining why he wants to leave and go to America.
0: Right. OK,
1: well, this is uh, our time is up
0: for today i want to thank you very much there uh tom for uh being on here check out his book like i said the newest book there the protector the the fall and rise of oliver cromwell and uh this is the delicious recipe thursday night at uh 7 to 8 p.m and uh you can check us out wherever and uh thank you all the people there, jenny spencer i give you a shout out there and uh, michelle millins for uh watching on and uh, everybody else that was uh tuning in and uh you know what Good night,
1: and we'll see you all next Thursday.